Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. You can find out more about my work as an intuitive and teacher at karenhager.com. And if you follow Fog City Psychic on Instagram, you'll get more out of the fog goodness, uh, jigsaw puzzle progress pictures, except when there hasn't been any progress and there hasn't been. I'm working on a little monster right now. Beautiful. It's an Amy Stewart puzzle, beautiful marbles in all different colors, light reflecting off them at all different angles. And there hasn't been a lot of progress, but when there's progress, you'll find it on Instagram at Fog City Psychic. And of course, you also get the adventures of Maisie the puppy. So that's Fog City Psychic on Instagram, karenhager.com to find out more about what I'm up to when I'm not fooling around with puzzles. Now then, everyone handles the stress of major trauma in a different way. Jennifer Burke Wiseman is my guest today, and she knows that to promote recovery, it's essential to learn how to manage daily stress and practice mindfulness and really live into, feel into how to handle life's challenges. She's here to share her journey, her experience with traumatic brain injury and PTSD, and her journey as an entrepreneur. And she's here to help us find our own resilience, our own strength in the face of life-changing events. Are you ready to meet her? In a split second, a car speeding through a crosswalk jeopardized everything Jennifer Burke Wiseman had built. Battling life-altering trauma, PTSD, a traumatic brain injury, and the cutthroat fashion industry, Just Bones Boardware founder Jennifer Burke Wiseman refused to let the accident define her and steal her identity. On her journey from stay-at-home mom to innovative entrepreneur surviving unexpected adversity, Jennifer's conquered these obstacles with a fierce determination to succeed. Her new book, Sink or Swimwear, shares her true story of recovery, hope, and resilience. You can find out more about Jennifer and her work at jenniferburkwiseman.com. Jennifer, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you so much, Karen. Glad to be here today. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Tell us, let's just jump right in. What happened the day of the accident? Um, so Karen, I've just come back from doing, I think it was my third trade show. Um, I had been doing my business a little over a year now, um, Just Bones Boardware, and I was home about a week and following up with all the things that I do normally after a trade show. And now um, on the weekend, we were getting ready for a family, a huge family event. And so my kids had suits that were just altered. And we all went to this menswear store just to make sure that they had fit right now after the alterations. My kids actually were super excited to try them on. We have twin sons that at the time were 13. And So we went and took care of that. And afterwards, we decided that we were going to split up and go our separate ways. And my kids were going to have lunch with my husband and I was going to go run some errands that I needed to take care of. So at that time, I drove into town of Milburn, which was about eight to 10 minutes away. And I parked you know, in the municipal lot and getting ready to walk around the town. I had 
a few places that I needed to go, including the photo shop that was across the street, which I decided to go to first. And so I was standing at the corner waiting for the light to change. And that little box with the person to start blinking, telling you to cross. And it actually was a really beautiful day out. I remember distinctly thinking it was unseasonably warm and sunny out for a September day in our area. And I started crossing the street and I was almost across. I probably was three quarters of the way across And all of a sudden there was an enormous noise, just like a huge boom. And it just was almost deafening. But the next thing I knew, I was on the ground and very confused. And it was because I had been knocked unconscious. So now I was very disoriented and kind of trying to get my bearings and there was a man in front of me and then I realized that he was holding my head and I'm still trying to make sense of everything but he explained to me that I had been hit by a car and you know in these kind of moments you're still trying to make sense of everything and I think I still didn't really quite comprehend that um, a car had hit me, Mm. even though I was sitting on the, not sitting, but I was laying on the ground, but kind of, you know, a little bit upwards, maybe I don't even know how I was to be honest, but he was holding my head. And, you know, in that moment, it was just, um, just so shocking to me that a car had hit me and knocked me out of the crosswalk. And I didn't even really comprehend what was happening in that moment. But then I looked up and on the sidewalk, for some reason, I saw my kids standing there. And all I could think of was, why are my kids standing there? Because what had happened was my husband and my kids had decided to go to lunch, but they had decided to go to lunch in Melbourne instead Mm. of another adjoining town. And when they were driving down the road, which comes into the town, which is the main street, it was already blocked off from the accident. And there still wasn't an ambulance there. Um, I am not sure if the police were there or not yet, but it was um, blocked off. And there was a lot of people milling around, I guess. And He had to turn right now. It was a one-way street where this woman had turned from and he parked. And at the same time, he told me that one of the men that was in the crowd had his son with him that was on the same lacrosse team as one of our kids and was calling him at the same time he was just getting out of his car to let him know what had happened. So he's answering his phone and at the same time he's walking on the sidewalk, but he said that he is looking in the street to see what happened. And he says, he thinks that he sees my purse there because it's not on me anymore. Like everything had been, you know, thrown 
everywhere, as you can imagine. And then all of a sudden he realizes that it's me in the accident. And I guess, you know, him and the kids came upon me at the same time, which you can imagine is quite shocking in and of itself. So that's kind of how the whole thing unraveled. And so it was quite um, traumatizing, I think, for them to see me in that state before the ambulance um, or any paramedics had really arrived um, to help me, to take me anywhere. I mean, for me, fortunately, there was actually an off-duty paramedic that came. So I was told, and she came and assisted the doctor and gave him a compression to hold to my head. So I was quite fortunate that there were medical people that had these capabilities and came to help me and assist me before the actual EMS came on site. What was the extent of the, of the physical injury that you suffered? Um, it was quite extensive, um, as you would assume, being hit by a car and, as a pedestrian. And I had also landed on my head and my shoulder. So I suffered a traumatic brain injury and that in layman's term means that you have a concussion, but it depends on the severity of the concussion, which mine was, was quite, it wasn't just mild. So I did have ramifications from that traumatic brain injury and, um, my shoulder required surgery. I also had road rash all over me because I was only wearing shorts and a tank top. And um, so from the traumatic brain injury, I had visual issues, um, vestibular issues, which affects your balance when you're walking or it gives you motion sickness, things like that. And I also, at the end of the day, after they had tested me, discovered I had a processing disorder, which affects your executive functioning and your ability to do things like multitask. It can affect your, your speech. Like you're kind of like when you remember words or remember people's names, things like that. And it definitely affects your memory. Um, So when you're trying to work or write emails and do things like that, initially, it does obviously make things like that quite difficult. (laughs) I mean, of course, we all forget words from time to time, but this just affects you to a different extent, you know. Um, So it takes a lot of outpatient and um, therapy and things to correct all of those things that are damaged, you know, like physical therapy, outpatient therapy, visual therapy, and multiple doctors, as you can assume. And all of, all with, all of this was happening, um, the accident and the long recovery, all of this was happening at a pivotal time for your business. How did, how did those things, so I'm an entrepreneur too, how did those conditions in the physical body, the things that you were dealing with, how did that affect you as someone who was running her own business? Um, it wasn't easy because I will say that initially I did 
have to decide whether or not I was going to continue my business at all. I mean, I, I really had to decide whether or not I was going to be able to continue my business because it was quite a huge accident and really disrupted our family, my life. I, my business was only a little over a year old. And of course, having to take time out a lot during the week to go see doctors and do the occupational therapy and the physical therapy, that takes, it takes a lot of time. So I did decide to continue my business ultimately because I had already submitted for patents and this was something that really meant a lot to me and I wanted to continue in that path and get my patents that I had worked so hard to, you know, go after and try to make my board shorts stand out in the industry. And so fortunately at this time, my husband had sold his business and he was kind of retired and he realized that I needed a lot of help and also help in the office because I was going to need time away from the office to go take care of myself mm-hmm. and time to see doctors and get better. So he offered to come help me at the office and kind of take care of things that ultimately really were not things that were in my wheelhouse, which was taking care of the inventory, the Uh, things like that were financials, such as accounts payable, accounts receivable, and also putting things into the system um, for inventory and ordering from our factories and things like that. He actually, in his background, had done manufacturing. So for him, this was a no-brainer. It was something that he was accustomed to. It was something that he did great. And for me, taking that off my plate was terrific. And also he could then oversee the employees in our office while I was away. And this freed up me to go do what I needed to, to get better and take care of myself. And then just focus on what I was good at, which was being creative and taking care of sales and also our buyers who needed to speak to me directly. So that was a huge help. And that allowed me to, to continue the business more easily than it would have been such a struggle if I didn't have him to help me. You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Jennifer Burke Wiseman. Her new book is Sink or Swimwear, My Crazy Days as an Entrepreneur, Surviving Life, PTSD, and a Cutthroat Industry. You can find out more about Jennifer and her work at jenniferburkwiseman.com. That's Jennifer, B-E-R-K-W-E-I-S-M-A-N.com, jenniferburkwiseman.com. So Jennifer, it sounds like I'm thinking of our listeners who have experienced trauma at any 
level. It may have been as life-changing as what you experienced. It may be something that was life-changing to them, but happened in a, in a smaller way without the physical issues. It sounds like one of the ways that you were able to cope was by not just asking for help, but being able to accept it. I know for myself, accepting help is super difficult, especially around business. Like, Ooh, that's not good. That's a growing edge. What other things can you share with our listeners that might help them cope? Because even after we experience trauma, even after our lives changed, life still goes on. Everybody else goes on about their business. Um, I will say it's not, it it is, you have to be able to, to accept help and ask for help, but also, um, there are other coping mechanisms for PTSD that I learned, um, from the hospitals, but also one really valuable thing that was helpful for me was, um, not a support group, but I was able to find a friend through the support system of the, where I did outpatient. Mm-hmm. And because she had been through a similar experience, not a car accident, but because she had PTSD and a traumatic brain injury, um, she could really understand where I was coming from. And we would get together and talk, or I could just call her. And it just was so important for me that she could understand exactly what I was going through. And she could just support me in a different way than my friends and my family could, because it just takes somebody, I think, who's can understand what triggers you or, um, you know, understands you on a different level. And I think also the other things that you need to do for yourself is to remove triggers in your life. Like don't watch that TV show that, you know, has action in it. And may show a car accident, which is like a a cop show or an action film, because you wouldn't believe, I mean, honestly, if you watch TV and you start paying attention, how many shows show people getting hit by cars, it's unbelievable Mm. to me. Mm. Um, But just things like that. I mean, and you have to learn things about mindfulness and yoga learning, I think just to take a break, give yourself time to be with yourself, maybe take a walk outside, go on a hike, you know, just enjoy being alone with yourself or just outdoors. If meditation isn't for you, just sometimes quiet time, you know, it's just what you need to restore yourself and rejuvenate, you know, (laughs) your yourself, everybody needs to unwind and kind of recharge the battery. So, I mean, unfortunately, I I actually have a friend who was just at that mass shooting on July 4th. I've been trying to help her a little bit, even though, you know, people can understand, even if you haven't been through the same trauma and see, like you said, she didn't have a physical altercation, but she's traumatized. I mean, she was right there when people were being shot and she's, she's struggling and her family was there, you know, and her seven-year-old grandson was there. Oh, oh my goodness. So, um, I'm just trying to, you know, I just check in with her. I can't really tell her what to do. I'm just trying to encourage her to go to therapy and stuff. 
Well, and it also, I think sometimes when something like this happens, there's a, especially if you're a person who's kind of worked really hard to have it together before the accident or before the trauma, there can be a temptation to try to pretend everything's okay when it's clearly not okay. And it, it feels like one of the best gifts you can give your friend is she doesn't have to pretend with you. Yeah. I, I actually, there are people who will try to compartmentalize or just deny it happened or, you know, unfortunately some people rely on substance abuse or they just shut down altogether. And I mean, people just have different coping mechanisms and some of them are not healthy. And I think, um, it's, it's very difficult to try to handle trauma sometimes for some people, and we have to learn how to do it in a, a healthy way. And the only way really to get past it, I see is you, you do have to talk about it um, and deal with the trauma itself to move past the adversity Absolutely. Are you, your boys, you said were teenagers, young teens at the time of the accident. How did your relationship with them change as a result of what you went through? Um, They were very reluctant to go to therapy. Um, They, it's very hard for a teenage boy, I think at that age, to want to go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just think it was important for me to show them that it's very hard to go through life's challenges, but it's also important to show them that you need to be strong sometimes and to face adversity. It makes you stronger and that you can go through these types of challenges and life's always going to give you (laughs) ups and downs, but not to be a victim. I mean, we're all victims of something, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's, it's an illness, a loss of a loved one, maybe it's the pandemic. The pandemic has given some people PTSD, but at the end of the day, It's a choice to go get help or get support, even if you don't want to go to therapy, right? And not to have that victim mentality, maybe, which is to lay in bed or not to do anything about it Hmm. and to move forward and try to overcome this adversity that you're facing. And some days are super challenging. But when you realize how short life really is and that it can be taken away in a split second, it's what you do after that life altering event that is so important. And it, and, and living, uh, living forward from that place instead of living backwards, PTSD can sometimes feel like you're living backwards all the time, always responding to the trigger, always right. Always being pulled, pulled back in. I feel like I'm hearing you say living forwards from the place where your life changed might be one of the most important things. Yes, absolutely. I mean, fear is so debilitating. um, And I feel that hope 
is just motivating and that's what I feel you can only try to have and, and whatever gives you that motivation to get outside or to be with your family or reach out to a friend or just do something that makes you happy or feel better even if it's not happy that day it's just important to that you try to improve slightly every day live your best life and even if you just get a little better every day or just every week i mean that's all we can strive to do it's progress we none of us are perfect none of us can try to be perfect i think that's not something that we're trying to achieve but i think we need to try to overcome adversity and to be stronger and just try to be open to learn new things all the time and just live our best life. How are you today and how is your business today? I'm actually doing well. I think um, one of the best things I did was moving to Arizona when my kids graduated high school. For me, I really enjoy the outdoors. I love being able to be with nature, take walks, hikes, and be outside. And Mother Nature is a gift. I yeah. mean, there's things out here that are very inspirational and just, I think it's great for your mental wellness to be in such a beautiful surrounding. And it really is just something that I've come to enjoy. My business um, is doing well. It uh, was a little challenging in the beginning of the pandemic when everything was shut down. Mm -hmm. Because as you know, China was shut down. Um, a lot of things were shut down. A lot of my retailers were shut down for a short period of time, some of them longer than others, but things turn around and sometimes we just have to find a way to work around them, whether, you know, whatever that is. I mean, we were selling online and we were working in other, in other ways. I mean, we were doing virtual trade shows instead of in-person trade shows. Wow. So it did, it does require a lot of innovation. I know that this has been, especially these pandemic years have been difficult for entrepreneurs and also have been for some people a chance to kind of reinvent, to sort of um, think outside the box, even though that's a cliche. And it's, it's interesting to see like who's, who's thriving and who's struggling during this time. Yes, definitely. Can you let the listeners know the name of your business so that they can check you out? Uh, Just Bones Boardware. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually how I started writing my book too, because I was at home so much instead of traveling constantly the way I was uh, before the pandemic. Right. So it gave you some time to, to sit down and write. I love it. Um, can you please let the listeners know how they can get the book, get their hands on the book and how they can find out more about you and your story? Uh, yes. Um, so the book 
is sink or swimwear. <laughs> my crazy days as an entrepreneur surviving life, PTSD, and a cutthroat industry. And they can go on my website to link to get it, or it's on Amazon and other online bookstores. And they can find more information about me on my website and also on justbonesboardwear.com. They want to find out more about the business. Perfect. Um, wonderful. And you can also um, find her on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Just Bones Boardwear, or I think the other one is JB Boardwear. I wrote that down and now I can't find it. Uh, Just oh. Bones BW on Instagram and Just Bones Boardwear on Facebook. Did I get it right? Correct. Yes. So go <laughs> look, you. people. Go look at her business. Jennifer, thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, Karen. That is Jennifer Burke Wiseman. She's the author of the new book, Sink or Swimwear My Crazy Days as an Entrepreneur, Surviving Life, PTSD, and a Cutthroat Industry. You can find out more about Jennifer and her work at jenniferburkwiseman.com. That's Jennifer B E R K W E I S. M-A-N, JenniferBurkeWiseman.com. You can check out her business, Just Bones Boardware at JustBonesBoardware.com or on social media, Just Bones Boardware on Facebook or Just Bones BW on Instagram. And of course, you're always welcome over at KarenHigger.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private intuitive session with me there if you're so inclined. You can use the coupon code podcast when you schedule to get 20% off the session fee. How does that work? You ask, here's how it works. You go to karenhigger.com, click the book a reading button, choose a session of any darn length you choose, enter your email address. And then here's the important part, a little bit of mystery, a little bit of danger. You got it. Click the green button that says have a coupon code. And you do, you do have a coupon code. It's podcast. You type in podcast and the 20% discount is applied at checkout. Yes, I get a little excited. I'm sorry about that. Um, I'll seek help after the, after the episode. I'm Fog City Psychic on Instagram, and you're welcome to follow me there for Out of the Fog content and Maisie the Puppy cuteness. And thank you for listening today. Together, we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you Peace.